millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Coronapod. In this show, we're going to bring you nature's take on the latest COVID-19 developments. And we'll be speaking to experts around the world about research during the pandemic. We're entering a new era now. We have new COVID strategies. There's some new unknowns and we've got a vaccine. Hello and welcome to Coronapod. I'm Noah Baker and we've been away for a week but now we're back with a topic which has been requested many many times on Twitter via email and the person that's here to talk to us about said topic is reporter Sarah Ridden. Sarah how are you? I'm fine how are you? I'm very well thank you. So the topic that I allude to is ivermectin. So this is a widely used anti-parasitic drug and has been the centre of an awful lot of talk throughout this pandemic about whether or not it might be useful in the treatment of COVID-19. Now, there's an awful lot to dig into here. But first off, Sarah, why have people looked towards ivermectin at all in this pandemic? Well, like you said, it's a cheap, widely available drug. Um, It's used for malaria and parasitic infections around the world. In lab experiments, it's been shown to have some antiviral properties. And so people started looking into whether it might be effective against this disease as well. Can you tell me a little bit about what evidence there has been up until this point about how effective ivermectin might be? Yeah, the evidence has been really conflicting. There have been dozens of studies done on it because there is so much demand in the developing world for something that is cheaper and easier to access than a monoclonal antibody cocktail or even the vaccines, which are not widely available throughout much of the world right now. So lots of researchers have been studying ivermectin and done clinical trials. Those clinical trials have been of varying quality, though. Some are very large, um, very well controlled, Some only maybe have a dozen people in them, and you really can't draw many conclusions from that. And people have done what are called meta-analyses, where they sort of collate a lot of these clinical trials together, do these weighted statistical analyses to figure out how good each trial is, how well it should fit into the overall picture of whether ivermectin works or not. And so far, it's been completely inconclusive. Even the biggest meta-analyses have said, We've got some evidence it works, some evidence it doesn't. We really can't say at this point. And yet some countries around the world, specifically in South America, have decided that there is enough evidence to suggest that this could be effective and have really widely been using ivermectin as a treatment or as a preventative 
certainly in the absence of vaccines or any other better treatments. Yeah, so that was happening a lot last year. There was a study came out by a company called Surgisphere. Um, they had also put out a study on hydroxychloroquine. They did the study on ivermectin, said that both drugs worked really well. Turned out that a lot of the data appeared to be fabricated. Surgisphere's denied that. But those papers were withdrawn. But in the meantime, several South American countries, on the basis of that data, recommended that ivermectin be used. And some of them have since withdrawn that recommendation in light of the data being questioned. And I guess that's one of the things that we really want to talk about now. And it's why now is finally the time we're talking about ivermectin on Coronapod, is that there has been a particularly high profile retraction with one of these preprint papers that have fed into many of these meta-analyses. Now, you mentioned Sergisphere earlier on. We talked about Sergisphere and the sort of scandal surrounding that and hydroxychloroquine last year on Coronapod and how difficult that was. Tell us what has been the latest developments with ivermectin. Yeah, so there was a paper that came out late last year that was out of Egypt with several hundred participants that found ivermectin could decrease the mortality rate by more than 90%, which is just fantastic if a drug actually works that well. No other studies were finding anything of that magnitude, and nobody had that large of a study at that point. And so this kind of became a great source of hope for researchers and for the public who wanted this drug to work, because we really want something that would be that effective, and it would be great news if ivermectin were that drug. So this paper, I don't know if it itself made a huge splash worldwide, but it weighted very heavily into a lot of these meta-analyses, and with a lot of people who were doing their own studies and contacted these researchers. Hey, what did you do? Can I repeat this? Can I look at your data? And so this Egyptian study became quite well known. And in the past month, it was actually quite a cool story. There was a uh, master's student in London who was looking at this paper as part of a school assignment for a class, had to read this paper among others. And he found that in the introduction and various other parts of the paper, a lot of the sentences seemed to be exactly the same as other publications meaning they may have been plagiarized. And I spoke with him and he was just saying, if I had turned in something like this, I would, I would have gotten a failing grade. It seemed like they had tried to cover up the plagiarism in some places. So he started looking more into the data and he realized that there were some other really questionable things going on in the, the data. He contacted a couple of internet sleuths, folks who in their spare time or as a profession analyze scientific papers for potential fraud. And these guys all together found that there was a lot of data that seemed to make no sense. Certain patients had been replicated dozens of times, like they would have the exact same numbers for their age, weight, blood cell count, which is just statistically impossible. They found patients who, according to their medical records in the data, had died before the study even started, before they would have consented to be participating in this randomized ivermectin trial. Right, okay, so we've got this seemingly dodgy data found by a master's student kind of by accident while he was doing a school project, then more researchers have gotten bored, they found on even more dodgy looking data. What happens next? You know, what have the researchers that did this study in the first place said? You know, what happens to the paper itself, which was published on a preprint server without peer review, as many studies have been throughout the pandemic? What's the next step? They contacted the preprint server. Those folks withdrew it uh, pending investigation. They said that this investigation is ongoing right now. The researchers themselves, the Egyptian researchers who put out the paper, they said that they've done nothing wrong, that they told me that they hadn't had a chance to respond to the allegations, and that what looked like plagiarism was just common practice because 
researchers read each other's papers a lot. So it's still a little bit unclear how that accounts for the data that appears to be questionable. But anyway, so we're waiting to see what the results of that investigation show. And it really does remind me, I mean, this smacks of what happened with hydroxychloroquine, a really, really influential paper about hydroxychloroquine, which did directly have impact on policy all over the world, was then retracted because of problems with the data that appeared at a later date. In this case, again, there's this paper that may not have had the impact of that hydroxychloroquine study, but still was influential in people's understanding of the potential role of ivermectin could have inspired more clinical trials. And now it's being withdrawn because some of the data looks really dodgy. Now, we should say we haven't got a clear answer to the investigation that's being done into this paper yet. It's been retracted while the investigation happens. But what do you think the impact of this retraction is going to be on other researchers that are studying ivermectin right now? Has it changed people's perceptions of the the hope, I suppose, surrounding the drug? Or has it sort of been the nail in the coffin for ivermectin? What's the reaction you're getting from researchers? Well, like I said earlier, there, there were dozens of ivermectin studies done, including several that are going on right now that have thousands of participants. And are, those are really going to be the ones that tell us when they come out later this year, whether ivermectin works or not. You can only draw so many conclusions from a collection of very small studies. So the researchers who I've spoken with, they say this is all really sad and very worrying and very upsetting. It makes their job hard. Harder, but I don't think anyone sees this as a nail in the coffin for ivermectin just yet. I think that some folks were already a little bit skeptical of this paper even before these problems came out, just because the effect was so large, it seemed to be a little bit unbelievable, and because there were some potential sources of bias in the way that this study was conducted, and that's been the case for a lot of ivermectin papers. It's just it's a really difficult thing to, to study. And a lot of countries, particularly in the developing world, have had trouble even recruiting people to be in ivermectin studies because so many people are taking it prophylactically. It got so much attention in the press last year that everyone has decided, well, if there's even a chance, I don't need a prescription. I can just go buy this thing for real cheap and maybe it'll protect me from getting COVID. And so obviously, if you get COVID, you can't be enrolled in a study at that point because you've already got ivermectin in your system. So it's been really hard for people to study this drug. Uh, Another thing that a couple of researchers told me they've been dealing with is this sort of ivory tower snobbishness from funding agencies, from research in wealthy countries who kind of dismiss ivermectin because these studies are being done in less developed countries. They're thinking these can't possibly be well-done studies without really even looking at the data or at the publishing history of the people who have done them. And, and this has just been coming from these researchers' own experience. Um, but that's been another thing that's been tough for them. And finally, just this hype around the drug. There's conspiracy theories out there about it that drug companies have been covering up the efficacy of this drug because they want to sell their expensive vaccines, which is is really not helpful to anyone trying to do a legitimate study either. So it's, it's been a really difficult space for them to work in. But I think everyone's pretty hopeful that in the next few months here, we're going to see the outcome of a, a few of these large studies and start to get a handle on whether there's some sort of at least small effect from ivermectin. Absolutely. And I think it's important that we should say that although there's been a real range of results, some of these studies have shown positive benefits, some haven't. And then there's this particular study which showed a really positive benefit, but now has been thrown into question. That doesn't mean that what we can conclude at this point is that ivermectin doesn't work, let's get rid of it, it's useless. The problem we're facing here, which is exactly what we faced with hydroxychloroquine at the beginning, is with people assigning a level of certainty or assigning a level of clarity to data that we just didn't have clarity on. And hopefully these big clinical trials that are ongoing, one in particular in Brazil, that's going to be the moment we get the clarity with which, you know, policymakers and public health experts can say, 
that ivermectin is going to be useful or not useful, and this is what that might look like. One other thing I would add is that the WHO has recommended against using ivermectin outside the context of a clinical trial. Like unless you're enrolled in one of these trials, they're saying don't take it to prevent COVID or to treat COVID. And that's less because there's some danger. Ivermectin has been widely used for a lot of things for a long time. It seems to be pretty safe. There are concerns that the dose you would need would need to be much higher than a normal dose, and then it might end up being dangerous if you are taking the wrong dose. And then the other concern, of course, is that you would be taking this instead of something else, that you would not take the vaccine because you think you're already protected by ivermectin, or that there could be some sort of interaction between that and another drug that's actually been approved to treat COVID. Absolutely. And that is always the danger, right, with all kind of public health advice is we're not saying that ivermectin definitely doesn't work. We're just saying that there are things that we know that do, and we don't want you to take ivermectin instead of the things that we know work, because there are things that definitely do work, such as the vaccines, for example. In the meantime, however, there has been a real appetite for something like ivermectin because of the lack of equal distribution of vaccines around the world. And so that is one of the things that's really driving the use of ivermectin all over the world. Do researchers accept that, I suppose? When you're speaking to people, do people sort of have sympathy for the reasons that maybe a government in South America might be keen to go for something, even if it doesn't have really clear evidence that it's going to work, just because they want to be doing something because they ain't got the vaccines yet and they want to be trying to protect their population? I think there is a lot of that. Um, I think especially researchers who work in the developing world or are based there really see the need for that because they have to be doing something. They can't afford monoclonal antibodies. They can't afford the vaccines at this point if their countries haven't ordered enough or can't get them through some program. When could we look to see the results of the the big trials that are ongoing? There's two or three of them that folks are really watching. And I've been told that those are going to be wrapping up later this year. So I'll look to that in the coming months. Okay, thank you so much, Sarah. This is certainly something we're going to keep following. I'm sure I'm going to continue to get tweets about it. But in the meantime, I hope you have a lovely day. And thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 